Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. We are thankful and grateful Amen. this afternoon. Amen. It's a privilege, Lord, to serve you. Amen. It's a privilege to be in your presence. Amen. This afternoon, Lord, we ask that you give us of your Holy Spirit Amen. to teach us, yes. guide us into yes. all truth yes. in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now, God, any voice that shall rise itself against the knowledge of God, we condemn such voice in the name of Jesus. Give us hearing ears. Amen. Give us hearts Amen. that are fertile to receive your Amen. word. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus. And you may be seated. And on behalf of the presiding bishop, Bishop Daigiewood Mills, the founder of the United Denomination, I want to welcome all of you to this wonderful sanctuary. Are you glad you are in church? Wonderful. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Well, this afternoon, for a short time, I um, want to continue with a message on tithing. And um, before we do that, why don't we look at our scripture of the week? Let's look at our scripture of the week. And um, then we will continue with our message. Hallelujah. Very wonderful scripture. Proverbs 14 and verse 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Hallelujah. And I think it's so much in line with what we are sharing. He said, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Do we believe in the Bible? Do we believe in the Bible? Then the Bible is saying that there are certain ways that seem so right unto you. There are certain ways that seem so right unto man. Do you understand? There are certain paths that we take and they seem so perfect. We've planned it. You know, we are are going for counseling and then in six months we are going to get married and we are going to have three children, two boys and a girl. And we are going to move here, live here, live there. And it seems so well thought of and well planned. But the Bible says, even that, as it seems so right, and as it seems so well thought of and planned, the end thereof, the end thereof are the ways of death. Wow. That is why we should never lean on our own understanding. That is why we should never be guided by our own wisdom. Because all we can see is now. We can see the end thereof. Do you understand? And the Bible is saying when you can see the end thereof, you cannot predict 
that the ways are going to be right. But a God who knows the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. When you lean on him, he will guide you. I say he will guide you. And his guidance in the beginning may not be the path that you will choose. Do you understand? Because his guidance may not look right unto man. His path may not look right unto man. He says there is a way, there is a way which seemeth right unto man. May you never take that way which seemeth right unto you, the end of which is death. May you never take that path. There is a way, there is a way. And we should pray that we avoid that way. We should avoid that way which seemeth right unto us. So if it seems right unto you, ask yourself, is this that way that ends in death? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's a very powerful scripture. You see, because man can only see, we can't even see on the street. Right now, as we are sitting here, we cannot even see on the street, which is about a few feet, about a thousand feet from here. We can't even see. So if you are making decisions concerning uh, 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 the activities on the street, do you understand? Concerning where you park your car, let me park it here because no one can hit it. You know, it's not subject to somebody bumping into it or thieves breaking into it and things of that nature. You cannot plan like that because you can't even see beyond this wall. Amen. That is why when you are making decisions about marriage, consult the Lord. When you are making decisions as to where to live, consult the Lord. When you are making a decision as to where to work, consult the Lord. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. Wow. Let us read it together. Proverbs 14, verse 1, verse 12. 1, 2, 3, go. Well, I heard somebody say Proverbs. So let's also try and say Proverbs. Proverbs. Proverbs 14.12. Proverbs 14.12. Can we try that? Let's all try. One, two, three. Let's say Proverbs. <laughs> what a shock. Okay. We are going to try it. Huh? Okay. So that we all flow with the people who... Who proverbs around here? <laughs> One, two, three, go. Proverbs, proverbs, proverbs. Some people are saying, Change ye, I will say proverbs. <laughs> what a shock. That is a powerful scripture, and I want us to meditate on it. Amen. We are blessed. Thank you very much, Proverbs. Say yes. Wonderful. But it's a wonderful scripture, and I want you to meditate on it. Why are you far? Come forward. Come closer. Come closer. So always get blessed to get closer to the blessing. Amen. Get closer to the anointing. When the blessing is coming, you want to be closer 
to it. You want to be taken notice of. Do you understand? Yes. Wonderful. So we want to continue our message on tithes. Why non-tithing Christians become poor and how tithing Christians can become rich. Amen. You know, a lot of times when the church is talking about money, you know, people feel sort of unease about it, you know. But um, money is talked about in the scriptures. Do you understand? And God cares about your money. God cares about your wealth. Do you understand? One of the things that makes so many people not pay their tithe, not tithe in churches, is some historical experiences that they have had. Do you understand? Some historical experiences or that you have heard, you know, about churches and all kinds of things. But I want you, I want you as a Christian, I want you to see that when it comes to these things, it is between you and the Lord. Do you understand? It is between you and God. Amen? Amen. It is between you and God. And once you have fulfilled your part of God's promise or covenant, that is done. That is what should matter to you. By the grace of God, in our church, even as pastors, we also pay our tithe. As a pastor, I pay my tithe. Do you understand? Yeah. And by the grace of God, we don't have thieves in our church. Do you understand? We don't have thieves in our church or in our churches. And so what I'm trying to get your attention to is when you pay your tithe, you are done. Do you understand? Do not even worry about what happens to it. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, let us read it. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there will be meat in my house. When you fulfill this, when you bring this tithe, you have done what God is asking you to do. What another person is doing with it, it is not none of your business. Do you understand? But what will happen to you is what God promises for doing this first part. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, I want you to, I want you to come to that stage where you deal with God and not with man. Eh? Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Come to that stage where you deal with God and not with man. Because if you are going to deal with man, you will not do anything good. You will not do anything good. I am telling you. You will not do anything good. Hallelujah. So come to that stage. Amen. That you are dealing with God. When it comes to, he says, bring in all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now. It is between you and God. He says, you bring in the tithe into my storehouse. He didn't say anything as how, how it will be. He says that there will be meat in my house. And when you bring in, he is ensuring that whoever receives it ensures that there's meat in his house. And leave that person. When someone did not do that, God dealt with him. 
and his sons. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? God did not deal with the people who brought the tithe, but dealt with the priest and his sons. When Eli did not behave in the house of God, God dealt with him. Not the people who pay the tithe. So, as for the people who pay the tithe, the blessing blessing on the people of Israel, it is still going. Regardless of what Eli and his sons did. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So, come to the stage where you deal with God when it comes to these things. So that you you, you, you are free to receive this message and let it bless you. Let it bless you. Amen. Let it bless you. Hallelujah. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Prove me now. Who is to prove the Lord? The payer. The one who brings the tithe. And prove me now herewith. Not the pastor. Not the priest who receives it. But the payer. To prove the Lord. And you, if you bring in your tithe, it says, Prove me now, herewith, say the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. This is the Lord. This is his word. And let us believe in the scriptures. Let us believe the word of God. Amen. If we believe, if we believe that God made Adam, God formed Adam, then let's believe this also. Do you understand? Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. If we believe that God created the heaven and the earth, let's believe this also. Amen. So we were talking about six reasons why non-tithers become poor. Six reasons why non-tithers become poor. And I gave you some few reasons. I gave you one reason. I said they have nothing to harvest. Non-tithers have nothing to harvest. Do you understand? They have not sowed anything. So they have nothing to harvest. If you are a non-tither, you cannot harvest. Amen. You cannot harvest. And we read a scripture. Do you remember? We read a scripture in Hosea. Hosea chapter 8 verse 7. It says, For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. That means, when you sow the wind, you will reap the wind. Non-tithers are reaping winds. There's a lot of wind blowing in your house because you are a non-tither. Amen. If you don't sow, you do not reap. And we see that even in real life, that if you don't sow, you do not reap. Amen. If you don't sow, if you don't sow, yes. Wow. S-C-S-C. If you don't sow, If you don't sow, yes. If you don't sow, you do not reap. You cannot reap if you have not sown. 
So if you, re- if you sow wind, you will reap wind. If you sow emptiness, you will reap emptiness. Have you seen anyone who has sown mango seeds and then is reaping oranges? So you cannot sow oranges, uh, uh, mango seeds, and come and be angry that there are oranges on your field. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. You, can, you, can, you cannot expect to reap when you have not sown. And people who do not tithe, this is exactly what happens to them. Amen. The next one, we said, non-tithers do not attract blessing. Non-tithers do not attract blessings. And we read that in this uh, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, bring ye, Malachi 3 and 10, verse 10. It says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. That means when you pay your tithe, you are triggering the heaven windows to be opened upon your life for blessings to be poured upon you. This is the words of the heavenly God, the Lord of hosts. The one who controls the heavens. He says, the thing that is, one of the things that is going to attract blessings in your life is when you pay your tithe. Amen. Amen. When you pay your tithe. And I am telling you that in this world, we need blessings. We need blessings. You cannot do without blessings. You cannot go far without blessings. Everyone needs blessings. Hallelujah. Everyone needs blessings. Amen. We read a scripture in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 4. It says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. Then it says, seize from thine own wisdom. That means the way that seemeth right unto man, seize from that way. Seize from your wisdom. Remove yourself from your wisdom. Amen. Amen. It says, labor not to be rich. Now the Bible is saying we should seize from our wisdom because our wisdom teaches us that we should labor to be rich. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is what our wisdom teaches us. That work hard and become rich. Have you not seen people who have worked very hard but they are still poor? And others who don't seem to work so hard, but they are rich. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the Bible says, cease from your own wisdom. That means cease from the wisdom of man. Cease from the wisdom of man. That means back off from the wisdom of man. Back off from your wisdom. Stop thinking the way you are thinking. That this is how you are going to be wealthy. Amen. First Samuel 2 and verse 9. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9. He says, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. They need monitors in their back so they can hear. He says, He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. By strength shall no man prevail. You will not prevail by your strength. 
You will not go far by your strength. You will not do much with your strength. The Bible says, for by strength shall no man prevail. Hallelujah. Therefore, cease from thine own wisdom. Cease from thine own wisdom. Amen. It says, labor not to be rich. For by strength shall no man prevail. Therefore, cease from thine own wisdom. Amen. Cease from thine own wisdom. Hallelujah. Because there are people who work very hard, very hard, and work more, but they are not rich. Amen. They are not rich. And we read a scripture, it says, for some, in their efforts to be rich and working hard and following money and pursuing after money, they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. In the course of this, they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. Many people have pierced themselves with sorrows as they make efforts to acquire wealth. Amen. And so God shows us the way to receive wealth, to be rich without that sorrow. And we read that scripture in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, God's blessings, blessings from God is what maketh rich. That means that wealth that others are looking for, you will also get there through the blessings of God, through the blessing of the Lord. But in your case, it will add no sorrow to it. You will not be pierced with many sorrows when your wealth comes through the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. And so we read some scriptures concerning some of the people who receive blessings and what has happened in their lives. And we read a story about Job. Do you remember? Let's look at Job again. The book of Job chapter 1 and verse 1. Amen. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. Amen. You see, in this story, you see, what I am trying to let you see is that Satan, in this story, is teaching us, is showing us the things that a man can do on this earth. The things that a man can do on this earth to make him, Satan, not able to touch the person. Satan is showing us the things that you can do so that he cannot touch you. So that he cannot destroy you. This is what he's showing. Indirectly or directly, that is what he's showing us. The destroyer is showing you that if you place yourself in this position, you are beyond my reach. I can't touch you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's like he's revealing his secrets. He's revealing how he searches, what he's looking for. I heard of um, someone who went on TV on Oprah's show, and he was being interviewed, and the work that he had done was that he was a professional thief. He was a professional robber. 
Do you understand? He doesn't break into cars and steel, radios and coins and chains. But he breaks into people's homes. Do you understand? But of course, the time that he was having the interview, he has retired. So he could not be arrested. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And this person on TV, as he was being interviewed, he was telling the people, he says, he was telling them how he identifies the kind of homes he will break into. Okay. So one of the clues, one of the things that he uses is that when the garbage truck has passed through the neighborhood and he has taken the trash, you know, I mean, we are talking about certain, certain neighborhoods where the people bring their trash and leave it in their driveway, you know, not put in the chute. <laughs> Do you understand? There are certain places they bring the trash you have to carry. You see, you are blessed. You have no idea. You, you just wake up and you put your trash in the chute. And it's gone. But certain place, you have to pile your trash. And then you bring it at the driveway. And then the truck, the, the garbage truck will come around and pick them up. Do you understand? Now, this professional thief was saying that when the garbage truck has passed through, see, the garbage truck passed through, say, Monday, and picked all the trash in there, empty all the trash. Now, when they have emptied the trash, then people will come back and take their, the cans back home. Do you understand? For the next pickup day. So when the garbage truck has passed through and these professional thieves come around, he comes around and sees that this particular house, the garbage can is still there. It means nobody is home. So he is he's staying there and then he goes around. Monday is there. Monday evening, you should have come back from work and pick it home. But Tuesday morning, the thing is still there. It means that nobody is home. That is the house that is targeted. Do you understand? So, if the professional thief comes to give you this clue, when you are going on vacation, wouldn't you arrange that your neighbor will take your trash can because he has given you his clues how he can attack your home so now you are also guarding yourself this is exactly what satan is doing do you understand so let's read that scripture let's read it it says there was a man in the land of Uz. let's go to verse six you know verse six how many of you were here last week wonderful few of you were not here last week go to verse one There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. And one that feared God and eschewed evil. That means he hated evil. He didn't like evil things. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven. His substance means his wealth, his property. Also, was 7,000 sheep. Now, 7,000 sheep is a lot of sheep. <laughs> Do you understand? It's a lot of sheep. If they were to share them even amongst us, each one, what we require would be a lot of sheep. 7,000 sheep. And 3,000 camels. 3,000 camels. In those days, camels were like Mercedes Benz. Do you understand? 
that was the it's like he owns he owns fleet of Mercedes Benz. Three thousand camels. And five hundred yoke of oxen. And five hundred she asses. And a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. Are you with me? And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. That is how they live, you know. That is how they live. They love their sisters. Come and feast. It's my turn this weekend. We are gathering in my house, and it's a feast. Party in my house this weekend. He said, no, you had it two weeks ago. It's my turn. They are fighting for whose house is going to be the party. Do you understand? You want a house like that. Isn't that so? Not the house where orange juice is finished. And you have visitors and you say, give me two minutes. I'll be right back. And you are running to the corner store to pick up orange juice. That is why if somebody comes to your house, you don't ask, what would you drink? You say, you want some water? You make the offer. And then the person says, yes. You see, when they say, if you want some water, you can't say, no, I want orange juice. <laughs> if somebody asks you, do you want some water? Please, take the water. It means that is what is available. Do you understand? Don't, don't go, oh, if you have some Coke, I will like some Coke. <laughs> When you go out, then you buy your coke. You want minerals. <laughs> you have some minerals. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> Amen. He says, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. He was always sanctifying, giving offerings for the sake of their children. If perhaps they have committed some sin against the Lord. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. Wow. Satan also came to church. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. God asked Satan, Where are you coming from? He says, I've been going back and forth on the earth, from to and fro, east and west, north and south. I've been patrolling the earth, the whole earth. And I've come here. I heard that they have gathered here. There are some people, they were missing in their homes. And I heard they, were, they have gathered here. So I followed them here. Hallelujah. Yeah. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. So God asked Satan, 
in your going to and fro, back and forth from east to west, did you consider my servant Job? Did you pass by his house? Did you consider my servant Job? Hallelujah. See, when then Job answered, I mean Satan answered and said, and the Lord said, go to verse 9, please. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for not? Does Job serve you for nothing? It means I have considered Job already. Amen. Amen. And Satan knew exactly which Job God was talking about. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He's been going east and west, north and south, to and fro, and he knew exactly which Job God was asking about. Because he knows that the other Jobs, he has finished them already. Do you understand? The Job from the West, he has finished him. He thinks he's rich. He has, he has acquired so much wealth. But he, I have given him alcohol business already. He's drinking every day. I'm working on his liver. He's just about to pass. So Job knew this Job. He's finished with him. Do you understand? And then he knows the other Job from the Midwest. He knows that Job. He knows that as for this Job, I am done with him, with his marriage. I will use his marriage to get him. He knows that one. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He knows the other Job. He knows there are several Jobs. He knows there's another Job. He says, as for that Job, I'm done with his children. His children are my target. He has four children. I put two of them in jail. The other one, I put him on drugs. And the other one, I'm working on him. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And because of his children, he's going mad. Very rich, but he's going mad. And the other job that was some time ago, seriously coming to church, oh, I've got him already. He's gambling, gambling. He's rich, but every, he will lose everything through gambling. And this other Job, who lives down the street, I pass by his house. He's done. I don't need to do anything with him. He's done completely. Say he's done. He, he, he lost everything. I'm finished with him. So Job knew exactly Satan knew exactly which Job God was referring to. So he didn't ask God, which Job? Which Job? He says, that Job, does he serve you for not? He said, does Job serve you for not? Are you with me? He said, does Job serve you for not? Because the other Job, I know he doesn't serve you. He's a drug addict. I have, he has a lot of money, but he's going to die from overdose. Just give him two weeks. I'm going to finish him with overdose. Amen. So he knew exactly which job God was talking about. Verse 9, he says, then, verse 10, he says, has not thou made an hedge about him? Wow. Now, Satan is showing us the kind of person, the kind of person he cannot destroy. He's showing us the kind of person who is truly successful on earth. The kind of person that is beyond his reach. Are you with me? 
And he says, has not thou made an hedge about him? Have you not built a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. The next verse, he says, put forth, put, he said, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. Amen. So in this scripture, Job, Satan is showing us the kind of man that he cannot touch. The kind of man that when you say he's wealthy, when you say he's rich, he's truly rich, and I cannot touch him. Amen. And he gives us six, about five qualities or six qualities about such a person. He says he is a man, someone who fears God. He said it, verse 8, verse 8, verse 9. He says, then Satan answered the Lord and said, that Job fear God for nothing. He knows that Job fears God. But as for Satan, because of his wicked ways, anything that you are doing, he thinks that you also have some wicked motive for doing it. So he's asking, does Job fear you for nothing? Is it not because of this and this and that? But he's revealing to us what places us in a position where he cannot touch us. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, that Job fear thee for nothing? It's like, does he work there for nothing? Does he work for you for nothing? Does he kill himself in the church for nothing? Does he do all those things for nothing? Do you understand? So, first thing that he identifies is that is a man that fears God. That means it's a man, a person who reverences God. A person who honors God. A person who acknowledges God in everything that he does. He does not move without consulting God. This is a person who fears God. This is a person, when he sits in his car, he prays. He doesn't take for granted that there are traffic lights and everyone will stop at a red light. Are you with me? This is a person who prays for every move. It's a man that fears God. Number two. He says, has thou not made an hedge about him? Has thou not made an hedge about him? That means that person is protected. When the blessings of God comes upon you, you are protected. You are covered. I say you are protected. He said there is a hedge about you. People cannot see it, but the enemy sees that there is a hedge about you. People don't understand why you are so well and so you are so healthy because there is a hedge that is about you. He can't touch you. He can't touch you with cancer. He can't touch you with hypertension. He can't touch you with diabetes. He can't touch you with liver diseases. He can't touch you with blood diseases because there is a hedge of God that is about you. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And he knows that the reason why I cannot make this guy sick is because there is a hedge about him. There is a hedge about him. God has built a hedge about him. This is Satan telling us, like a professional thief. Do you understand? Who comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he said, this person, I cannot kill him. I can't destroy him because there is a hedge about him. Amen. 
There is a hedge about him. Number three. It says, and about his house. He has built a hedge about his house. Satan identifies that this person, there is a hedge about his house. God has built a hedge about his house. God has built a fence. There is a protection around his house. His house is protected. I say his house is protected. When you pass by his window, it's always laughter. They are laughing. They are partying. There's always food. His house, there is a hedge about his house. Amen. Shouts of joy. Singing, you hear hymns and psalms. Amen. Amen. Not songs that are accusing one another. (laughs) Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Not songs that are accusing one another, but songs of joy. There is peace in the house. There is joy in the house. There is provision in the house. There are certain houses, when you step in there, you feel that there is a hedge about this house. There is joy in this place. And you want to be, there's me share in the place. Hallelujah. May there be a hedge about your house. May the Lord build a hedge about your house. That there is peace in your house. In the name of Jesus. That Satan cannot reach into your house. Angels would ascend and descend. Receive the blessing of a hedge around your house. Hallelujah. Amen. Bible says the gates of thine house shall be of iron and of brass. May there be a gate of iron and brass about your house. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about three locks that you put behind your door. And then you put another chain around it that and put a bar a bar around the a back of the house that even when you are going out then there's fire if you are not careful you'll be burnt with the fire by the time you finish unlocking all those doors have you seen one of those doors before hey you go to somebody's house and the person say oh go you cr- 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 like five locks and then they remove a bar and a chain before you can get out but you will not need that kind of head you will need the hedge of the living God. The hedge of the eternal father. He will build a hedge about your house. In the name of Jesus. Satan will identify it and see. He says, have you not built a hedge about him and about his house? Amen. Then he says, and about all that he hath. About all that he hath on every side. On every side. On every side. This is a person that Satan cannot touch. He said, there is a hedge around all that you have and on every side. Wow. Wow. It's a wawuzi. That there is a hedge about everything that you have on every side. On every side. There is a hedge on every side. There is a hedge on every side. There is a hedge on the east. Hedge on the west. Everything that you have, there is a hedge. You leave your car on the street. There's a hedge. Angels are watching over your car. There's a hedge about your children. About everything that you... If it's concerning you, there is a hedge about it. Amen. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. There's a hedge about your wig. Even your wig. Your wig. There's a hedge. 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 It will never... It will never fall off. Embarrassing situations. It will stay on. 
You're doing praise and worship, you jump and then you're... No, 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 no. God will keep you. I said, God will keep you. I tell you, God will keep you. Amen. Satan said, I see, I know, I know that there is a hedge about this guy. There is something about this guy. I can't seem to touch him. Amen. I can't seem to touch him. Amen. He says, on every side, there is a hedge about him on every side. Every side. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? God will build a hedge about you on every side. On every side. Hallelujah. Then he says, Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. Thou hast blessed the work of his hand. It is the blessing of God upon a man's hand. Thou hast blessed the work. You see, you have works of your hand. But it makes a difference when you have a blessed hand. When God adds his blessing upon the works of your hand. He said, thou hast blessed the works of his hand. And look at what has happened. And as a result, his substance is increased in the land. His substance is increased in the land. Satan is telling us how a person is blessed. How a person is prosperous. How a person has wealth. And he cannot touch it. That you have wealth and I cannot touch. It is the blessing of the Lord upon your life. It says you have blessed his substance. You have blessed the works of his hand. And his substance has increased. So you can have substance. You can have works of your hand. That is bringing you substance. But it will never increase. Except that the blessing of God is upon it. Because whenever you get Satan come to take. Whatever you get Satan come to take. So you seem to have work of your hand. And you are doing work, but there seems to be no increase in your life because the devourer comes to take. Each time, there is a blessing. Each time, there is something coming in, he comes to take it. But he says that this man Job, this man Job, you have added something, something to the work of his hand. He works like everyone else, but you have added something else for which his substance has increased because I can't touch it. When he brings, I can't take it. When he breaks, I try to get in the home. I try. I have checked on him. I have checked on him. I know. I know Job very well. Inside out. I know him. I know his children. I know his wife. I know his, I know his property. I know everything he owns. And I have tried. But I can't touch him. I can't touch him. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, you have blessed the work of his hand. You have blessed the work of his hand. May the Lord bless the work of your hand. Lift up your hand like this. and Father, look upon these hands and bless the works of their hands. Bless what they set their hands to do. May you add your blessings to the work of their hands. Oh, eternal Father, add your blessings to the works of their hands. In the name of Jesus, that their substance will increase. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Let me just share these few things and then we can pause here. It says, and as a result of this, as a result of these things, as a result of these things that are listed, his substance is increased in the land. His substance is increased in the land. 
and the professional thief, the killer, the destroyer, is telling you why we have not been able to touch this guy. The reason why this person seemed to always increase is because of the blessings of God. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So this is the reason, this is the reason for the description of Job in verse 2 and 4. This is the reason. The reason for all of this increase, it says, And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters who were always having parties because God has blessed him and God has covered everything that pertains to him. That they are always going out and having parties. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, and his substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen. Wow! It's because God has added his blessing upon his hands. Amen. So now I want us to look at what Satan, every time he was checking on Job, what he had in mind, what he wanted to do to Job. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is, the thing that those six things that he listed were preventing him from doing. Let us look at them. Amen. Amen. So the next verse, he says, go to, go to verse, I think we are at verse 10 or 11. Verse 10. Verse 10. Okay. Has that not made a hedge about him and, and the, his substance is increasing the land? The next verse. He says, let's leaven. But put forth thine hand now. That means take off your hand. But put forth thine hand now and touch all he hath, and he will cast thee to thy face. This is what Satan told God. He says, you remove these things. And Job, I will make him curse Job in your own face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Perhaps you should ask yourself, how much of what you have is in the power of Satan? What is it that you have that is in the power of Satan? He says, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. God is now giving Satan, the ability now to touch what Job has. He says, behold, all that he has is in thy power. You should ask, what is it that is in the power of Satan that you have? Perhaps your marriage is in the power of Satan. Perhaps your job is in the power of Satan. Perhaps your career is in the power of Satan. He says, now that he has lifted his hand, now that he has lifted his hand, all that he has is in thy power. I tell you, without the blessings of God, wow, without the blessings of God, you marry a beautiful wife, but he's in the power of Satan. Beautiful wife, but he's in the power of Satan. Without the blessings of God. So you see, people are walking around, they have done so many things, but they are not happy. You have married a beautiful wife, but she is in the power of Satan. Torture, torture, torture in your life. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are married a husband, a handsome man, well-to-do man, but he's in the power of Satan and constantly torturing you. You are not happy. 
how much of what you have is in the power of Satan? Amen. Amen. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, you have a beautiful home, but it's in the power of Satan. Beautiful home, but it's in the power of Satan. You can't, you, you are afraid to go home. You close from work, you don't want to go home. Beautiful home. Very warm. You would rather stay outside in the cold. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. How much of it is in the power of Satan? You have a degree, but it's in the power of Satan. You hold the degree, sometimes two degrees, three degrees, but it's in the power of Satan. Amen. <laughs> How much of what you have? Decent salary. You earn decent salary, but in the power of Satan. Large, three, six figures, but in the power of Satan. But may you never be in that situation. I say, may you never be in that situation. May your, may your wealth never be in the power of Satan. May your health never be in the power of Satan. May your wife never be in the power of Satan. Your husband will never be in the power of Satan. Your house will never be in the power of Satan. In the name of Jesus. Your career will never be in the power of Satan. Hallelujah. Satan has no control over your bank account. He has no control over your possessions. He has no control over your household. May you never be under the power of Satan. Your health is not under the power of Satan. Let's briefly, let's look. He says, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thine hand. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went from forth the presence of the Lord. He says, is that so? Then he left. Church is over for him. Then he left. So now look. And there was a day, as soon as Satan left, the Bible says, and there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Like usual. Like usual. You see, sometimes we are earning and we don't know the covering. We don't know the protection that is around us. We are going and we are coming. We don't know the covering. Like usual. They were feasting in their elder brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Serbians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Just one day. Give Satan one day. Let the Lord remove the hedge. One day. you see what he wants to do. While he was yet speaking, whilst he was getting this information, there came also another. You know, let's read the New Living Translation. Go, to verse, go back to verse 15. Let's read it. Verse 15 in the NLT. It says, when the Sabians raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmlands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. They came to tell Job this information. And the Bible says, while he was still speaking, whilst he was giving this bad news, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Whilst he was giving the information. You see? And so when things like this are happening to someone, we say there's bad luck. No, 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 no. The blessing 
the blessing has been lifted. We say, oh, bad luck. This person, everything he's doing is falling apart. Bad luck. And then we think, you see what the messenger was saying? He said, the fire from God. It was God's covering. You see, sometimes you say, if God is God, why is it that there's so many poor people? Why is it that there's so many hungry? Why is it that there's so many sickness? Why? Satan is the God of this world. And if you are not covered by the blessings of God and the hedge of God that is around you, this is what Satan will do to you. And then people attribute it to, God is not a wicked God. He's not a wicked God. The next one, he says, while the second, after the second messenger, while he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. If Satan will have a hand in your life, this is what he wants to do. One day, one day. So you can see that one day someone, you are losing your job, you are losing your marriage, you are losing your children, you are losing this, and then you wonder what is happening. You go to work and then you write something, you feel something, you say you made a mistake, they're taking your license. You're doing this, you're doing this, they say go home, we will call you. Then you come home, your, teacher, your, your child says, my teacher says you should come to the school. I have an issue that you have to come and address. And then you come out and then you go and then your car, they say, and then the thief has broken into your car. You see, and then things are happening one after the other, one after the other, and you don't seem to understand. You need to go down on your knees. You need to go down on your knees. And then your wife says, look at all these things. What, man, what kind of man have I married? I can't stay here. I'm packing and I, I, I am leaving. Are you understanding what I'm have you Have you seen something like this before? Have you heard of a thing like that before? Yes. One thing after the other. One thing after the other. And we don't seem to understand why. But your tithe will build a hedge around you. May the blessings of God be around you. May the covering of God be around you. That you will never fall into the power of Satan. Satan will not control your substance. Satan will not control your household. Satan will not have control over your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let the eternal heavens, eternal father, build the hedge around you. The hedge will not be broken. I said the hedge will not be broken by the wicked ways of the enemy. Our time is up. We will pause here. And we will continue next time we meet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, yes. The eternal heavens. Oh. The eternal heavens. The eternal heavens. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father. Let it bypass us. Let it bypass us. The curse of a non-titer. Let it bypass us. Let it bypass us. Let it bypass us. In the name of God. We are thankful and grateful for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your power. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your covering. We refuse to be under the control of Satan. We refuse to be under the power of Satan. Lord, all that we have, may you be the center of it all. All that concerns us, may you be the center of it all. 
May you be the center of it all. Let your covering be upon us. Let your covering be upon your sons and your daughters. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our families are under your covering. Amen. Our household is under your covering. Amen. Our children are under your covering. Amen. Our career is under your Amen. covering. Our jobs are under your Amen. covering. All that we have, they are under your covering. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We are thankful, Lord. Yes. We are grateful Amen. for your great blessings and your keeping. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your love, for your kindness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Clap your hands together for the Lord. Wonderful. Are you blessed this one here this afternoon? Jesus Christ is not your savior. You have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you come to church every Sunday. But you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed, every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand, wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us even whilst we were still sinners, Lord, you sacrifice. You lay down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us, preserve us, deliver us from the wicked one, deliver us from his subtlety, deliver us from his lies, deliver us from his deception, deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus, deliver us from ungodly counsel. Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brighton Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.